Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church and counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back in studio for yet another episode under the quarantine COVID pandemic. Or should I say pandemic? Pandemic? Pam? Pam? You can say whatever you want. Okay. Well, we are in studio with Shauna. Shauna and I are in studio. And then we have Jeremy uh, with us via Bluetooth on phone, again, using the beautiful Roadcaster Pro. So, well, you quit doing that. No, I can't because I enjoy it and I think it's helpful for people because it's not helpful at all. We have inspired people to start a podcast and they need to know about the equipment. No, they don't. They don't care about that at all. No, because when I get an affirmation from somebody, hey, I went out and purchased that $600 Roadcaster Pro. No one who listens to our podcast has done that. But when they do, no, but they, they haven't. haven't yet. But when they do, guess Any, what? Anyway. I'm going to send this to Road, and they will sponsor Doubt us. It. You never Doubt know. It. Hey, we have listeners in Australia. Anyway, let's stick to the point. That is the point. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Jeremy. Yeah. No. Yeah. You need to be in the room with us so we don't bicker like this. You're not. You're not. You're not helping us uh, in our one another. Oh, which is helping mediate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was that Shauna? Was that your way to segment into what we're actually going to be getting no, into? No, all I can think about is just like what happened and and uh, how we don't plan some of the things that we talk about or our banter on our show. And I think about that we got a negative review of of saying our podcast is immature. So maybe this is what they were talking about. You know what that does though mm-hmm. is it demonstrates what we talked about in another podcast about the heart of the matter. As humans, we're quick to listen to the critique of one versus, you know, the encouragement of a hundred. But most people who have the incur that, that are enjoying it don't say it's always the negative people who speak out the positive people. They're just being encouraged by it. Right. But most people don't say thank yous. It's more about the critical piece, right? Have you ever seen that? Like when you look on reviews at businesses, it's always, it's typically the negative people, right? Yeah. That's why you look at the five-star comments and the one-star comments. <laughs> and as a podcast, we have plenty of five-star comments as actually on the Apple podcast app and our, and our responses um, and our comments uh, were rated at, a five, or excuse me, a 4.9, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, so, that's sweet. So well, we do. thank you for those who actually are um, encouraging us. But even to the point of where that person did have a negative review, if it, if it was in a way that was edifying, you know, like what specifically did they feel is immature and then to help us grow in a particular way, like it was there was a positive feedback on top of it that would be more receptive, right? Like that would be encouraging. That would be uh, them trying to encourage the podcast, but just to put a point blank, your podcast is immature, I think is where it kind of rubs me the wrong way because it, what's the point of that? Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. What's the point of it? It's, I mean that, and to me, when you think about the heart, the purpose and mission of the podcast, how could you speak against it in that negative way? So it really just speaks to the person who's, who's writing the comment, but what I want to share, you know, what I want to say since we're talking about it is the fact that like we welcome constructive criticism, right? We Absolutely. or even negative, but like back it up with an example or something helpful for us to grow from it versus kick us. You well, know what I mean, 
Yep. And so um, what's beautiful about what we're sharing on the feedback that we're getting about our podcast is this actually plays into what we actually want to talk about today in this podcast, which is uh, reviewing a a, a book and getting into just the one another's uh, that we're called to as Christians. And so something helpful in that to what like Sean, like what you're saying is that's not helpful to just come in, chime in and say, you know, your podcast is immature, which maybe in that particular moment, there was truth to that, but there was nothing behind behind it. And it was just a critical comment and scripture calls us to be subject to one another, but also to, to, to lift up and edify one another and to, to use words in a, in such a way to, to build up one another. So, yeah. And so, you know, I just past year, I had the opportunity. I'm so thankful to be a part of the association of biblical counselors. And, you know, as you know, in that role, I was invited to the biblical counseling coalition summit, uh, this past December. And there I got to really, uh, just really so socialize and, and be uh, be a part in meeting people who I haven't really met in person that I've been learning from a distance um, for for quite some time. And I obviously love those types of opportunities. And it's it's a huge encouragement to me. But one of the things I wanted to share was um, he teaches at the graduate program of biblical counseling at the Master's University in California. His name is Stuart Scott. And I have actually read some of his material, um, have actually learned from it from a counselor standpoint, but also use it in the counseling room. And so it was so great to actually meet him and um, and know that resources like this allows you to, to say, hey, I would never really be able to attend that seminary and learn from him as a professor. But is it so great that God calls those to write materials and books and resources that we can use, even though we're in another state. And um, in that moment, when I met uh, Stuart Scott in person, he handed me his new book, and it's called 31 Ways to Be a One Another Christian loving others with the love of Jesus. And I thought this was such a helpful material when I when I read it and looked through it to where each chapter he takes a one another scripture from the Bible and really breaks it out to where um, he really just explains it and it has a very practical way to walk through the one another scriptures. And so Michael, obviously, as you being the discipleship pastor, I came home and shared this resource with him. And then re- we just kind of really discussed openly of, of how would this be a good tool for us to encourage um, those within our church? When you think about being say a piece of your role is being a community, you know, community group, pastor, life groups, whatever your church calls it. How do you get everyone to be learning at their own pace, the conversations, the style, the structure of their community group in the way that they want to fellowship, create some type of, you know, the being like-minded or one of same mind. And you're coming into this role, what we were about a year in, a year and a half in, no, a year and a couple months in, when we sat down and kind of looked at this book and we're like, wow, this could be a really good resource to really get all the community groups to kind of be on one page, right? Like to be kind of doing one thing. And yeah, it's guided by a book, but at the end of the day, it's through the scripture. So how do we get them to walk through the scripture? And so um, I thought, today for today's podcast, we could kind of maybe just talk a little bit about what you liked about the book, what you found helpful um, from the pastoral standpoint um, for your church, how you utilized it. And hopefully it might be an encouragement to others out there on how they can actually um, 
utilize it for their for their church. So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, as far as the book is concerned, uh, to Shauna's point, with the way that um, you know it, it really kind of broke down every chapter, uh, where it starts with an explanation of the actual verse that's being cited, giving an illustration, and then just application, which may be an just kind of a, a quick statement or understanding, but then he also, um, you know, provided questions to be used in it. So he also used questions uh, in the application part where um, it, they could be used. And so the reason why I used it with community group leaders um, and then also um, being able to use it even in the biblical counseling context as well. And using it in the biblical counseling context, because for those of us who are counseling, you know, and part of our data gathering is we're wanting to uh, ensure that uh, we want to find out, you know, where our client is and obviously in their relationship with the Lord, vertically speaking, but then communally speaking, where are they in their engagement with the body? Where are they in their, you know, in having intentional accountable relationships as the body um, versus them just being these solo isolated Christians who don't have those relational contexts to apply the Christian life and the Christian walk and following Jesus. And so that was kind of my aim in using it. And I've been able to use it in both contexts, but yeah, uh, in, in the church context, you know, uh, just using it to um, really submit it to community group leaders. So I would, you know, I gave them the book information so that they could get it and then basically encourage them how they could use it, um, you know, with their community groups. Um, and really the, the heart behind it was, uh, uh, to help them get more intentional uh, with their community groups, you know, especially for maybe a community group that hasn't been in existence for very long and the community group leader is kind of struggling to engage. Uh, this is a means that allows that community group leader to be extremely intentional, you know, and, and really capturing Stuart did very well here in these 31 ways is the dynamics of a relationship. You know, sometimes, you know, when we're hearing somebody struggle, a, a brother or sister, and they're struggling, like we're, we're called to struggle with them and, and edify with them. But guess what? There's times where when they're saying things or sharing things, or we see them acting and behaving in a particular way where we need to confront them out of love for our brother or sister. So helping the body in a very tangible way, uh, weekly really, uh, to help them see how they could utilize this and just begin to uh, think about these things on a daily basis, because this is what we're commanded to actually do. So yeah. that's kind of how I engaged with it at the community group level. Yeah. I just know like in the Bible studies, when I was, you know, teaching, teaching the women, and we were walking through first John, um, you know, one of the things I, I kept trying to say every time that I taught was, Okay, now take what you learned today and share it with someone else. So we're trying to slowly but surely change the culture of um, of the church in a way that they're not just coming to be taught, but they're taking what they teach and they're sharing it with another, which is really walking out that one another. And so when I got this book and I saw how um, it was so applicable, like you can actually apply it. And he takes the scripture, like, for example, on like chapter 13, you know, it's it's titled with the forgive one another bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive, right? So scripture that we're, we're, we're familiar with in, um, in Ephesians. And so then, well, this one's Colossians 3.13. And so 
then you take that scripture and then he explains it and then he illustrates it and then he has an application piece. Well, think of, listen to the application. List names of people from whom you need to seek forgiveness. Write out in detail exactly what you will say as you confess and seek forgiveness from that person, giving Luke 15 as an example. Also confess and repent your sins to God. So now we think about this from a community group standpoint. I've, I've as an individual, have read this book, understand this scripture, written this out for my life personally, right? This could also be a piece that you're working through from a counseling perspective. But then all of a sudden, we now are going to be talking about this in our community group. Mm-hmm. So now we're encouraging raw and vulnerable conversations of saying, listen, this is an area that I've actually been really bitter about for a long time. So it, it allows the community group leaders and the community group just in general to get real very quickly because they're talking about things that are very personable. And we're not saying that all community groups aren't already doing this, right? We were just trying to say, how can we get all of our community groups on one page, all doing this together? Mm-hmm. So how how interesting would it be if this person from this community group is actually asking for forgiveness from another person, another community group, right? Because it's in the body. And all of a sudden now you have two community groups who have been impacted by this one particular action of this chapter, and they're all all in the same place. Does that make sense? So mm-hmm. the person that they might be seeking forgiveness from is actually a person who also might have the Lord stirred something in them after reading this chapter in question to where then they're meeting themselves really in the same page. So obviously that's us, you know, dreaming a little bit on really how this could actually play out in the church. It is, it, it's a, it's a, interesting thought to think uh, how um, easy resources like this for the church today is just a very tangible way to, um, and it's it's very short chapters, which is another thing I like. Like some of these chapters are only two, three pages. It's very mm-hmm. short. So it's not even asking your group to read a lot, which is another thing that I, I loved. It's a very small book and it's 31 chapters. So it's so doable. So no matter how busy the people are within your church, it's something they could very easily walk through, almost like the size of a devotional, quite honestly, right? So this could be even used from a devotional standpoint from um, uh, in the counseling room. Yeah, and that was kind of how I've how I've used it, and Jeremy. I'd be curious to hear how you, you know, not necessarily by way of this book, but just you know, in general, using the one another's in counseling, but using this, you know, using this book uh, with counselees and he- helping them see. Because uh, this one thing when we're sitting with the counselee and we're talking about a one another verse from scripture, it's another thing to have them get the book, read it themselves and begin to learn how to apply it on a daily basis, which goes far beyond the, the 50 minutes that they're in our, our rooms. Right. Um, and so using it that way, helping them see that, you know, this isn't just something I read in a devotional thing. Like this is something that is actually changing my life. Like this is a life change for me. And it's an event that needs to happen every day Mm -hmm. um, that it's being worked out in us. And so, um, and then just really quick going back, Shauna, to your point with the community group is for some community group leaders, you know, if they're already going through some sort of material, this could work as, because to your point, it's a pretty short read, right? I mean, they're, the chapters are, are very short, so they could actually use it in tandem. Like they could close out the community group and just use this as an extra piece to address how do we live life with one another as believers? And so that's how I specifically, how I encouraged my community group leaders to use it um, so that they could, you know, at least use it. Cause again, some of them were already in the middle of a study or, 
but that's the great thing is it doesn't matter if you're in a particular study. This is about the relational care of one another as believers. So mm-hmm. it was good. But yeah, Jeremy, have you um, just, you know, maybe not necessarily in using this book specifically, but how, how do you kind of engage with the one another of scripture and, and counseling? Well, I love the idea of pushing people towards each other, you know, especially the whole idea about forgiveness. Sometimes in the Christian literature, we have really embraced more of a secular idea of forgiveness in that forgiveness is just something I do within my own heart and it's for my own healing. But this idea of moving people towards each other, reminding folks that forgiveness is always a part of forgiveness is a transaction. It's typically between two people. I mean, it's in Luke 17, Jesus, when he says someone has sinned against you, he doesn't say just do your, do the work of forgiveness on your own. He says, go to that person and rebuke them. Mm. And we see, we know the other passage where Christ says, if you know that someone has something against you, uh, leave the service and go make it right. So those kind of things are very prominent in my counseling where I'm, I think, especially on issues like offenses and forgiveness that Christians are doing the hard work. I, I think that this, you know, from a, a counseling ministry standpoint, this could be um, a book that's utilized where you give it to them as a devotional. Um, but, you know, there is application questions at the end of every chapter and they're very like heart rooted questions in a way that really gets you to go to the Lord and say, how am I actually actually living out this particular scripture and what you've called me to and um, walking, walking worthy in a manner of the Lord, you know, is kind of what jumps out at me and thinking through that. But also from a church perspective of realizing that, um, you know what, we have so many different people who listen to our podcast. And sometimes, you know, you might be actually the counts, the pastor over a counseling ministry or a ministry leader in the church or a community group leader, but like you could be listening to this podcast and this might not be something that you want. You can, you're at a point where you can implement this, say in your counseling ministry, but you're friends with the discipleship pastor. So you should share this podcast or share this book and resource with them and, and give them the suggestion of how they could, you know, because sometimes at churches you have the pastor of discipleship and then you have the pastor of pastoral care, right? So if you're the pastor of pastoral care, you sharing this resource with a discipleship pastor, and this is something that was implemented in community groups on top of what you're doing in, you know, in, in the counseling ministry, this is where you start touching pieces where it's changing the whole culture of the church because, you know, you do have the chapters of the forgiving one another, speak truthfully to one another, bear one another's burdens care for one another. So you're, you're, you're touching from a counseling ministry standpoint, you're touching into where this should really be happening in the life of a community group. You know, one of the things that we, when we launched Truth Renewed, our counseling ministry here in Texas, I remember Michael, you and I had the conversation. We were like, man, a lot of these sessions, if discipleship was just stronger in the church, they would never be here. And not that we don't love that they're here and we get the opportunity to serve them in this way, but really there's a huge piece where how can we help strengthen the discipleship piece in the church in a way where a book like this just really jumped out at me because it's a very, it's so short and to the point and, and, and has the reflection questions in a way that should stir every believer um, to want to walk these out differently. But then it has like the natural, 
um, just comforting one another, encouraging and building up one another, be at peace with one another, um, where that's going to naturally just feel good to, to increase that piece of your community group in the way that you're doing it. But then maybe you're the, you are the discipleship pastor and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm already identifying ways. I'm going to, I want to get this book. I'm going to look at it. But then you have someone else within your church from a counseling ministry standpoint, maybe you do want to encourage this for them or your ministry leaders to read it in a way that, like I said, it's used as a short devotional. This doesn't have to, even if you're doing an in-depth Bible study, right? This is not to replace a Bible, like studying God's word. This is the extra that is more about taking particular scriptures and, and, and really reflecting in a way of Lord, how do I need to specifically apply this? And how then can that encourage others around me to, to, to walk and live it out? Yeah, so. I think that's sometimes what happens is, you know, we separate. And I don't know if I necessarily use a false dichotomy, maybe in, to some extent. But I think what happens to, you know, kind of Shauna, what I'm hearing in your point is, you know, it's one thing to go to a Bible study. And the point of doing a Bible study typically is to learn or understand more about who God is. But what I find interesting is when you actually do a Bible study, it always involves people like there's doctrine. Right. But then there's the practice of that doctrine. Well, the one another's of scripture is about putting into practice the doctrine that mm-hmm. you understand. So it's a theology of living with one another. Um, and so I think for some reason, it's like we divorce the two. It's like, we're going to do Bible study and then we'll have fellowship. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a both and, you know, maybe in, in one sense of fellowship, you know, it is, you know, it's more relational. It's relationally driven in fellowship. What's the purpose of the fellowship? Is it just to hang out? Because I mean, so it's just, it's reevaluating, understanding what that looks like. And I mean, in the way that Paul writes that and all the, all of these one another's come from Paul and, you know, historically in his letters, he was always dropping these theological truths. And then he demonstrates in an applicable way, how we do that with one another, yeah, which goes back to the, which goes back to the, the law, you know, which is love God and love people. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a very intentional way of doing that. And and this is, this is not a one and done type of thing, you know, as you like, so I love that you actually just use Paul because then there's a chapter that's consider one another. And he, he pulls it from Philippians two, three, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Here's application list three recent conversations you've had, you have had this week. And how are you talking more about yourself than consciously trying to regard the other person as more important than yourself? Think about that question, how critically thinking you're, you're not only evaluating, okay, have I really been the one that's, that's dominated this conversation or have I actually and been selfish in this moment or have I actually regarded the person more important than myself? And then another question, list three people and for each individual, write down practical ways you can regard him or her as more important than yourself. Be specific and use actual examples. I know that that seems Uh, maybe kind of childlike to actually take the time to do this. But I'm telling you, because we get so busy in our day to day, we don't take time to actually sit down and consider the practical examples and being specific on how am I actually walking the scripture out? And I think it's I think it's very important for us to take the time to do those types of things so we can make sure that we are walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. 
Well, that just just kind of wrapping up that point and then uh, wrapping up the the episode. But what's interesting about that is you're right. People would think, you know, it's kind of silly. I'm not going to sit down and write three mm-hmm. conversations. And really what they're, you know, even going, you know, speaking to, you know, the heart of the matter article that, you know, that Jeremy. Like the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Jeremy wrote. What are they demonstrating? that they're at, at the heart level, they're saying, I don't like, I don't even want to hold myself accountable because that's what they're doing. Cause they know when they sit down and actually have to think about that, they're confronting themselves and they don't want to do that mm-hmm. at, at the heart level. And that's the interesting thing, like how we can use that in the church and community groups and in varying contexts, because it's, it's having those honest conversations with one another. And because the gospel affords us the opportunity to do that, we're like, we can sit down and actually confront one another in love. And it's not out of judgment and you're a worse Christian than I am and all that kind of stuff. It's like it, it exposes the folly, even in the church where we're towards one another and even in ourselves. And so that's just, when you, when you said that, it just, it, it again rang true of just how we have to be intentional in exposing those things so that we can deal with it in a right way, because the gospel has given us that freedom to do so. Yeah. And this might be hard when you first get started, it might feel really weird, but the, the idea is that once you kind of get used to it from taking the time to to be disciplined enough to write these things down and then just looking at how you're actually walking it out certain things will start becoming natural with you but here's like one of the most important things i feel like i've got to say is don't try to do this in your own thoughts like go to the lord in prayer he knows what that person needs he knows exactly he knows so much more than you do he knows exactly where you need to meet that person so part of the discipline of sitting down and writing it out is also the really the the most important piece is praying about it. Lord, as this person's name is on your heart and as you're actually writing this out, how can I actually walk this, you know, loving one another out in this particular, how can I consider this person, um, you know, more important than myself? Lord, you know what they're going through. What does that look like? And allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those things to you. That way, when you're actually walking it out, it's not just you doing something or um, it's a, it becomes another checklist, but it's literally something that is driven from um, from God. And, and that way you're literally walking and serving him, not serving yourself. Because we can often confuse that. We can obviously rush, read a scripture and rush and say, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. But that's still in our own understanding. That's not seeking the Lord first. Mm-hmm. And allowing him to guide and lead you to tell you what that actually looks like, if that makes sense. So, um, Jeremy, any thoughts? I know we kind of really um, talked mostly through this um, and just kind of our experience with the book. But any other thoughts from your perspective? Well, well I definitely appreciated your thoughts. And I'm not, I haven't read this book. So because of this podcast, I'm going to purchase it. It sounds incredible. Good. That's awesome. And, um, you know, if, if Stuart Scott by chance listens to this podcast, I just want to thank you for taking the time to write the book. He probably knocked it out in a weekend, <laughs> you know, um, and I, you know, I'm jealous of all the students that gets to sit underneath him at the master's seminary, but I do just, I want to thank him for writing it. And I hope that this podcast has been an encouragement to you. And thank you to all those of you who take the time to write material that allows students like me and others to learn from your work. One of the things I, even me just recently writing an article as I've 
think about it. Why, why do we need another article out there? You know, there's so many resources, so many things out there. Why, why that? But God teaches us so much when we're, when we sit down and we actually go to him and, and writing these resources, there's never enough. We need to saturate the market with the truth. Right. Um, and speak so the truth. yeah, speak the truth. So there you go. There's your, um, there's our final say. So we love you guys. Thank y'all for listening this week and, uh, and speak the truth. We'll see you next time.